the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. This is our fourth program on Messianic Judaism. There is so much to talk about, but let's pray first. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. We thank you for your word, which shows us your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for your love, which just encapsulates us with just a sense of feeling great. We thank you, Lord, for sending Yeshua so that we would have eternal life and that we would be able to uh, through Yeshua and the, and the Spirit of God, we would have the power to overcome the sin that so easily attacks us. And so, Father, we're just thankful this morning. We bless you, we praise you, and give you all the glory in the name of Yeshua. Amen. So this is a great time for one of our rabbis to come and visit your church and speak on various topics, including God's appointed times and different things on Messianic Judaism that I'm even sharing in these past few weeks. So email me and we'll set it up, rabbi at heartofmessiah.org, or call Karen at 813-831-5673. And have I told you, we love visitors. <laughs> so come and visit us. Uh, check out our Website, shoreshdavid.org, and come and bring your Jewish friends and see. Uh, we have services Friday night, Saturday morning, but you have to check the website to see which location, which time. And uh, if this radio program blesses you, help us stay on the air with your prayers and your financial support. And so, again, you can call Karen at 813-831-5673. Or donate online uh, at heartofmessiah.org. Our first week, we talked about Messianic Judaism's first century history. We also talked about Sharesh David, its vision and mission. Our second week, we answered the first question of the ten, what is Messianic Judaism? 
and looked at the following scriptures in Jeremiah, Isaiah, and and so on. And and last week we still answered uh, how did Messianic Judaism begin and and uh, looking at the important prophecies um, which tell us about the future, right? So we are still on question number three. What is Messianic Judaism's past, present, and future scripturally? Okay. Um, Last week we talked about the one new man. That's sort of where we ended. But we're going to continue right there. These are prophetic scriptures about the future. But you know what? I pray that we can start being part of that fulfillment now. We need to focus on our love for each other not our differences. Amen? All right. So we looked last week at Ephesians 2. Let's look at John 17. Um, most of you know this, this scripture. Um, but for those of you who feel discouraged that your prayers haven't been answered in the time that you'd like it to be, uh, just think of how difficult it's been for Yeshua, who prayed to the Father that we would be one just as they are one. And after 2,000 years, he still hasn't seen the answer to his prayer. <laughs> oh, my. John 17, starting with verse 20. I pray not on behalf of these only, the Jewish people, but also for those who believe in me through their message, which would be the Gentiles that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. So also may they be one in us, so the world may believe that you sent me. And that's his his prayer, that, that the world would believe that Yeshua is the Messiah because we are one, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. Verse 22, the glory that you have given me to me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one, I and them and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them as you loved me. And that is a great picture of the one new man. Look, we need to build congregational communities to be a credible witness to the world, a congregation that supports Jews and Gentiles, the one new man, neither need to change who they are. They are equal in the sight of the Lord. They are to worship and serve the Lord in unity. They need to have a similar purpose, share their faith to the Jew first and then to the rest of the world. We look at Acts twenty twenty eight. It says, take care of yourselves and all the flock of which the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, has made you overseers to shepherd the community of God, which he obtained with the blood of his own. Yeshua's blood obtained a community that is seeking the attributes of God for themselves. Certainly, unity is a key along with love, mercy, grace, compassion, forgiveness, and so on. Look, if a tiny population of Jews affected the world in the first century, then I believe an even tinier remnant of the Messianic movement will also have a great effect on the world. 
However, we can't fulfill God's prophetic desire without those who are not Jewish coming alongside of us. As we talk about prophecy, let's look further at that relationship between Messianic Jews and Christians, because that's part of our prophetic future. So in Zechariah 8.20, it says, Thus says Adonai Tzavaot, the Lord of hosts, peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will again come. The inhabitants of one city will go to another, saying, Let us go to entreat the favor of Adonai and seek Adonai Tzavaot. I also am going. Indeed, many peoples and powerful nations will come to seek Adonai Tzavaot in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of Adonai. Thus says Adonai Tzavaot, In those days it will come to pass that ten men from every language of the nations will grasp the corner of the garment of the Jews, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. I believe this is talking about Messianic Judaism, because it has to be a Jew who knows Yeshua, right? We're seeing this happen now. People in the church, they want to know more about the Jewishness of their faith. Every day I'm hearing this. People who want to live a Messianic Jewish lifestyle which is, is not about Jewish traditions as much as it is about the entire Scripture. Continuing with this thought, in Zechariah, this next prophecy is about the Jews in Israel. Uh, Zechariah 14.1, a declaration of Adonai, who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundation of the earth, and formed the spirit of man within him. Behold! I will make Jerusalem a cup of reeling to all the surrounding peoples when they besiege Jerusalem as well as Judah. Moreover, in that day, I will make Jerusalem a massive stone for all the people. All who try to lift it will be cut to pieces. Nevertheless, all the nations of the earth will be gathered together against her. It will happen in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. Sounds like everybody will be against Israel and Jerusalem. And we can see it. There are only a few countries left that are supporting Israel as countries, right? And even within our country, we're seeing people not support, even in Congress, So we see here that all nations will come against Jerusalem. God will cause them to be cut into pieces. And then we see in the next verse, verse 10, that the Jewish people at this point will recognize Yeshua. It says, Then I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication when they will look toward me whom they pierced. They will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn. Also after that time, when the nations come against Israel, they will come during the holy day of Sukkot after that war to worship God in Jerusalem. It says further in Zechariah fourteen sixteen. 
then all the survivors from all the nations that attacked Jerusalem will go up from year to year to worship the king Adonai Tzivaot to celebrate Sukkot. Furthermore, if any of the nations of the earth do not go to Jerusalem to worship the king, they will have no rain. If the Egyptians do not go up and celebrate, they will have no rain. Instead, there will be the plague that Adonai will inflict on the nations that do not go up to celebrate Sukkot. Well, it looks like Jewish people and those who are not Jewish will be coming together at some point, right? Um, and the world will know that Yeshua is the Messiah. Now, before all of that happens, it would seem that Israel and Jerusalem in particular would be an offense to the world. And, and you say, well, aren't they an offense now? now? Look what happened when President Trump moved the embassy to Jerusalem. The whole world was in an uproar. The UN in, in 2015, can you imagine this, adopted 20 resolutions singling out Israel for criticism. And only three resolutions on the rest of the world combined. Can you believe that? The three that did not concern Israel was one, Syria, a regime that murdered 200,000 of its own people, and Iran and North Korea. Not a single resolution is expected to be adopted on gross and systematic abuses committed by China, Cuba, Egypt, Pakistan, Russia, Saudi Arabia, uh, Sri Lanka, Sudan, Yemen, Zimbabwe, or lots of other perpetrators on gross and systematic human rights violations. So it's just amazing how they can look at Israel, this tiny little speck of a country, versus the rest of the world. All peace initiatives are surrounding that Israel give up some of Jerusalem. You know, if they gave up any more land, you wouldn't find them on a map. (laughs) Okay. However, what's really scary is in our country, as I mentioned, uh, in the Democratic Party, it seems mostly, and uh, Democrats on Israel, uh, they're indicating uh, that they're moving away from Israel and the support of Israel. We see that recently uh, where they almost didn't give, I I just heard they did, but they almost didn't give them the money for the Iron Dome defense system. But I heard that just went through, so that's good. But, um, you know, in 2019, there was a poll, and it said that 49% of Democrats sympathize more with Israel than with Palestinians. Oh, my goodness. That's not great. Among younger Democrats and progressives, members of Congress who inspire them, the situation is much worse. So we've heard where Congresswoman, a woman, uh, Ilan Omar, has accused her colleagues of having allegiance to a foreign country, meaning Israel, which, along with other comments, seem pretty anti-Semitic. And uh, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez also recently 
told us to rethink our financial support for Israel. I think these are part of conversations, she said, we are having in our caucus. But I think what we are really seeing is an ascent of authoritarianism across the world. And at that time, Netanyahu was the leader, and she said, I think that Netanyahu is a Trump-like figure, which obviously was negative. Um, The good news is that many prominent Christians are now beginning to see the importance of Israel and the Jewish people. So we see somebody like John MacArthur saying, nothing in Scripture is a more dominant historical theme than the purposes of God unfolding to the nation of Israel. You have it all the way from Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12 all the way into the book of Revelation. He believes that Revelation 11 speaks of the uh, Jewish people uh, in the 12 tribes coming to faith in Yeshua during a time of future tribulation. We won't talk about what we believe about tribulation at this point. He believes that the group of 144,000 people uh, who are Jewish will spark the greatest Christian revival in human history. Tony Evans believes similarly. He said, once the fullness of the Gentiles has come, God will pick up his program with Israel again. And we see in 2016, messengers to the Southern Baptist Convention affirmed that their belief that Israel has a special place in God's plan for the world. Based on Genesis 12:13, they affirmed the Old Testament declares God's promise to Abram, I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who treat you with contempt and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. And they went on to say at that convention that the descendants of Jacob, spoken of in Genesis 32:28, represent Israel as an ethnic, cultural, and national entity. And the New Testament affirms that salvation is from the Jews and that God's word concerning Israel will be fulfilled. And you know, many Assembly of God churches have helped launch Messianic synagogues by helping them financially or giving them space to meet with their church, within their church. And and they've done this at, at, at reduced rates, so to speak. And then many of you know the organization called KUFI, which is Christians United for Israel, a group that Pastor John Hagee leads that is the largest pro-Israel group in the United States with over 10 million members. They're a strong lobby group in Washington and have blessed and supported Israel in many ways. And even the International Christian Embassy in Jerusalem over 40 years have had an annual celebration of Sukkot, which really is an uh, an answer to that prophecy of everybody coming together and celebrating Sukkot, right? This is about the messianic about messianic Judaism and the one new man, Sukkot or the Feast of Tabernacles celebration in Jerusalem. Each year, more than 5,000 Christians from nearly 100 countries come for the week-long celebration. They come to worship the God of Israel and stand with his people. 
So I think this is extremely exciting, and and we see that God is moving in tremendous ways. Part of that, again, is the prophecy of the one new man, and we can look at uh, that's accentuated again in Romans eleven seventeen and 18. It says there, if you... If some of the branches were broken off, meaning uh, the Jewish people, and you, meaning the Christians, being wild olive branch, were grafted in from among them, the Jews, and become a partaker of the root of the olive tree with its richness, do not boast against the branches, but if you do boast, It is not you who support the root, but the root supports you. So, look, Christians become partaker, not overtakers of the Jewish, uh, of this this tree. And, And some say the root represents Yeshua. Others say the root represents Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But it's clear that the Christians are the wild olive branch grafted in, and the Jews are the branches that were broken off, and they get regrafted in. In fact, in Romans eleven nineteen, it says, You will say then, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. True enough. They were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Speaking to the Christians, do not be arrogant, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Notice that the kindness and severity of God, severity toward those who fell, but God's kindness toward you. If you continue in his kindness, otherwise you too will be cut off. In verse 23, it says, And they also, if they do not continue in their unbelief, will be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. Verse 24. For if you were cut out of that which by nature is a wild olive tree and grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches, the Jews, be grafted into their own olive tree? So is this clear? We are not to be arrogant towards one another, thinking that we're better or that God loves us more than any other people, whether we're Jewish or non-Jewish. God has a purpose and a calling for both groups, and part of it is that we come together as one new man, still keeping our distinctiveness of who we are. It's, it's a, God has this amazing plan And we have to really just understand that where we need to fit in. And one of the most important things as I go through all of this is to keep the love of Messiah in our hearts so that we can truly be his disciples. Well, you know, I think that's all the time we have for today. I know this was the fourth class of or program of Messianic Judaism. Next week, we're going to do number five because we have lots more to talk about and answer some of those questions that I posed at the beginning of of these programs. So if you're able to send us a financial gift, if you feel this program brings value to your life, 
Your gift is what keeps us on the radio. So please email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org or hit the donate button at heartofmessiah.org or call Karen at 813-831-5673. You know, we love visitors. We want you to check up our website, shereshdavid.org. We'd love for you to come bring Jewish friends. Just come and bring your family. We love kids. Uh, We love for people to see what God is doing in our congregations. Please check us out and visit us. Also, if we can come to your churches and speak, uh, that would be great. Again, call Karen at 813-831-5673. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, I just pray in the name of Yeshua, I pray for a move of your spirit on all that are listening. And, and that they would grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. And I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.